Welcome to Sherapy Sessions, Cutting Toxic Family Ties. My name is Dr. Sherry Campbell, and I'm your host. I am a leading expert in the niche of toxic family abuse, and although my show cannot substitute for therapy, it is a survivor-based show. In me, you're not only going to get an expert, but you're also going to get a survivor, as I have also survived toxic family abuse. I know how hard it is. The goal I have is to give voice to the voiceless, to provide skills to help you to protect your peace, to stand your solid ground, and to navigate and heal the heartbreaks caused by toxic family. Please have a pen and paper available to give voice to your thoughts as you listen to each show. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for your bravery. So let the healing begin. Welcome back, everybody. I am so excited to be here to talk about the deadly game of family gossip. If you're listening to this show, you 100% know that this is probably one of the most deadly of the emotional games that our toxic family members play. So get out your notes. I'm going to do my best to give you lots of examples and to give you tons of how-tos and uh, obviously boundaries to set around this topic. So we're going to jump in really quickly. And first of all, not all gossip is created equally. There's negative and there's positive gossip. So, but our family members don't tend to function too much on positive gossip unless it's being used, which I'll go into in a minute. But negative gossip is obviously the act of talking poorly behind someone's back, very critically cutting them down when you're not present, or if you're a little bit in earshot is probably their favorite thing to do. But positive gossip is the act of talking positively about somebody and supportive of them when they're not around. However, as I was saying, positive gossip can be used as negative gossip or punishment when it is used to compare one family member to another, thereby making one family member feel really bad and not good enough. This happens a lot when parents will tell the bad sibling Um, how good the good sibling is, but tell the good sibling that the bad sibling's getting better. And they're trying to yank the chain of where everybody stands in their importance. And so positive gossip in toxic families is often used as a threat to make you feel scared of your position, or it's done to make you feel like you're never going to measure up and that your siblings are better, your cousins or whoever, they're all better than you. So when you do that, when parents or family members are doing this, gossip just pulls the family apart and it creates the in-group and the out-group. And in psychologically abusive families, gossip is literally used to expend negative energy. We're talking poorly about you is completely satisfying, which is totally sick to your psychologically abusive family members. When they gossip about you, they feel totally empowered while trashing you. And they love getting negative triangles started between you and someone else. Creating war is the entire plan behind gossip. As we know, the most toxic family member in any group is the least confronted and the most followed. Whether that's the toxic parent that everybody doesn't want to confront or the toxic adult child who everyone's walking on eggshells around, or if it's even in a parent alienation syndrome, hands down in uh, you know conflictual divorces, children will side with their scariest parent over the parent who's trying to protect them just due to fear. Gossip creates fear and it creates war and it breaks down trust. So they also, I mean, the, the key point of gossip for the emotionally abusive family member, the most toxic one, 
is used to avoid, like all the other emotional games, to avoid accountability. So what are some signs that you're being gossiped about? These are all these uh, examples. You know, they seem off when you're around, when the whole group seems off when you're around. We all have a baseline of what normal interactions are with our family members. And it's very easy to tell when someone's hiding something or withholding something because they fear that you're going to find out and hear what was said behind your back. I was in a situation where my sibling had called my mother and was trashing me on the phone. And she was standing in front of me, kind of looking at me and laughing and like, haha, you know, I can't talk about this right now, making it very obvious that they were talking about me. And, you know, the better you know someone, the more in tune you are to pick up on these subtle signs. And when I kept confronting her on it, like, what were you saying? It turned into an all out war and everyone got mad at me, which is how gossip works. They get mad at the truth teller. They get mad at the person that figures it out. Another telltale sign that you're being gossiped about is you walk into a room and everyone goes quiet. All of a sudden, everyone's totally uncomfortable and, you know, they're speaking softly or they all just kind of shut up and look at their phones. So you can tell that is either they've gone quiet or they've done a sharp subject change. So Karen, you know, what are you doing this weekend? And it's so painfully obvious. Here's the thing is they want it to be painfully obvious. They don't feel bad that they got caught. They sort of enjoy being caught and then getting into all the gaslighting that we had talked about before. Sometimes when you walk in, they'll freeze. So this can happen in like a a place where you're maybe being gossiped about on the phone through text and you walk behind that person and all of a sudden they shut their phone off. And you're like, why'd you shut your phone off? And they're like, I didn't, you know, and they just deny it. But you can tell because they've frozen the fact that you've walked into the room. One of the most interesting things is when you're getting gossiped about in text and you accidentally get sent the text that they were trying to send to someone else. And this happened to a patient of mine. Her mother was totally cutting her down and calling her pretentious and snotty to the other sister. And she accidentally sent the text to my patient. And this mother's idea of apologizing was to blame everybody but her to say that she's depressed. So she took zero accountability and basically tried to pawn it off as an accident. And my patient handled it exceptionally well because I told her, just do not respond. Tell her you need time to digest. And when you let them sit in their crap of being caught, it's not that they change, but they all of a sudden will want to move on like nothing's happened. They get very cold. It's just another sign. You know, they just sort of might snarkily smile at you, say hello, but painfully so. And they just kind of want to cut the conversation short. And then the other thing that they'll do when they've been caught, like this mother was caught gossiping about my patient to her sister, is they overcompensate. So my patient took some space. And then this mother was just blowing her up with texts, trying to excuse her behavior, saying that she's got trauma, she's going to start therapy and just being overly, overly friendly. And that's definitely a sign that something's up. So when you get caught doing something wrong or you're not sure what to do next, a lot of gossipers just overcompensate. They get start acting sicky sweet. They overcompliment you and you're, you're just not feeling inside that any of this is genuine. So, and the most thing is that they just gossip to you about others as often as they can. So you have to be so careful in toxic families as you start to realize as you are growing in them Nothing is sacred. Nothing is sacred at all. It's just all about the divide and conquer, and it's all going toward the leader of the pack. In my family, it was my mother. She's absolutely the leader of the pack, involves anyone she can in her gossip, and she gossiped the most about me after she had done something wrong. 
Another sign that you're being gossiped about is they avoid eye contact. They just won't look at you. They don't want to be necessarily confronted. They don't really care that they've been caught, but to avoid you and avoid you confronting them, they'll just avoid contact or they'll just move their body away from you. And it's just a sign. Another thing that they'll do is they make sure that their feet are pointed toward an exit like a door. It's kind of symbolically telling you that they want an escape route. And this is what they do if they don't want to get caught. They all of a sudden have to go to the bathroom. They all of a sudden have to leave the room or they have to take a call and they get defensive. (laughs) They get really defensive. All of a sudden they're just closed off. Their body language is totally cold and harsh and they will cross their arms, their legs, and they'll purse their lips and they, they just won't acknowledge you. And if you confront them, they'll sound very hostile towards you like you're bugging them that you're asking them. And a lot of them will just turn their backs. Again, they use their body. If, if they're actively turning their back on you, uh, they're telling you that you're in the out group, so don't even try. And there is nothing worse than feeling like you're in this out group and you don't know why you're there, but they all know why you're there and they won't tell you. So you start to feel like I've done something wrong. Obviously, all these people are gossiping about me, but literally no one will tell me what I did and they all know and I don't know. And apparently it's about me and I have the right to know. And it's crazy making. And this can make us literally crazy as we try to search for the answers. You know, so it's just super hard because when you go to try to get your answers, another thing they do is they start scrambling. They just start over talking. They interrupt you. They get flustered. They stomp around. They walk away. They accuse you of attacking them. When all you want to know is what is being said. If there's something you need to look at, just tell you, right? But that's not what it's about. There's really never something that you need to look at. They just want you to think there is so that you're disempowered and you're running around trying to figure out what the gossip is so that you can fix yourself. You don't need to fix yourself. They need to fix themselves. That's where the problem is. And they're just, you know, they're really non-inclusive. Again, they're holding hostage information about you that they don't have any right to hold hostage because if it's about you, it's kind of your business, but they will literally act like it's none of your business. And then when you try to make it your business, you get even more ostracized and you're put even more harshly into this place of you don't have any inclusion in this family. And then a last sign that I'll give you is that you just really have a gut feeling. I grew up in a family where I literally would time when I would leave a room to go to a bathroom, depending on how many people were in the room. There was only one person in the room, I'd go to the bathroom. If there were many, I would wait because I never knew how many knives would be stabbed in my back the second I left. And that was the worst feeling for me because I just completely felt powerless because there is no way to control anyone gossiping about you. They're going to gossip about you, whether you like it or not. And I used to try to protect myself by staying around. I kind of thought if I just stayed in their face, they can't say much, but they can. They'll just say it right in front of you, just a little bit out of earshot. I, for whatever reason, felt safer if I was just always present. I used to do all I could to prevent the gossip about me because anytime anything came my way, I just knew what was going to happen. And I hated that feeling of all that betrayal. And I hated that feeling of having no trust and then them being nice to me like the next day. And that niceness confused me because it gave me hope that things were okay, only to go back through the gossip ring again. So again, there's always a ring leader, you know, in a family, if this person is not someone that you encounter frequently, like is maybe it's just an aunt, a conk, uncle, an aunt, a grandparent, or they live somewhere in a distant city, you know, a how-to on this one is you don't have to show up if they show up. But if you live with the ringleader, as I did, and many of you do, 
there is really no way to sort of not show up all the time, especially if you're still dependent on them financially. And so it becomes super painful because you're living in a house that's full of betrayal and a lack of trust. The best that you can do if you still live in the home is to just create a great distance and stay as boring and as uneventful as you can possibly stay as a human being. You have to really disengage from needing these connections to be deeper than they are, which is very hard. But when you do that, you will have more peace. If you can't create physical distance by using your feet and having the power and finances and all those things to not show up, then you have to create a psychological distance and spend a lot of time outside of the house or in your room or whatever. But if you're around these people, if you don't give them anything to talk about, then there's nothing to gossip about, really. I mean, they'll they'll find something, but it'll, it'll decrease in its intensity. So it's always about that psychological distance. Keep in mind, too, that the ringleader doesn't just gossip about you. They gossip about everybody. And they're constantly making people question where they land in the group. And anybody who's in the go along to get along, and we've all been that person, all of us in a toxic family out of fear, but scapegoats often, or people who are a little more empowered decide they just, they can't be a part of it. And gossip is everywhere. They can relay all your personal private information. They can fabricate information, just straight up make up stories about you. And really there's not a lot of truth to gossip. And so I think that one strategy or a how-to or a boundary you can set is like literally make it into a joke. You know, my mother used to be very critical of everything about me, what I look like, what clothes I wear, who was pretty, who was prettier. I mean, she really never told me I was pretty or anything like that, but she was constantly telling me that I was too much of something bad and not enough of something good. And she'd be like, oh my God, you're going to wear those pants And I think one way to take that example is you could go, I know, right? I'm going to wear these pants. I must be colorblind. When you do this, you're not making them right. You're actually taking all their power away because they want you to be like, what's wrong with my pants? You know what I mean? They want you to be like, what, you don't like them? Should I take them off? And then they love all that power. You know, when you leave or you, you make it a joke, you can say, yeah, you should go tell everyone that I'm wearing the ugliest pants on the planet today and see what they say. So it kind of pulls the attention away from what they're trying to do and you disempower them. You know, I will always tell you that you can confront as a how-to or a boundary to set with someone who is maybe not floridly toxic or severely toxic. Something like that might work where they can have a little bit of empathy. But for the majority of us, the ringleader, there is no confronting this person. So my thought there is don't waste your breath or your words the best bet that you have, again, is to create psychological and physical distance from that person. I have asked so many of my family members to stop gossiping about me. I think we all do. Like, it's not your business or it's not your story to tell. You know, it's my story to tell. It's not your story to tell. They don't care. They just don't care. So a strategy for you is you have to accept that they don't care. And then you will, when you use that as a how-to and you get to the point where you have to accept that they don't care, then you will care less to try and go confront and right the wrong because it is a waste of your time. And this builds your resiliency to learn how to tolerate people saying horrible things about you and you not reacting in the way that they would like. When you care, this is when they've got you hogtied because you're going to fight for yourself and that's what they want and you give them more and more and more and more to gossip about. I definitely think going no contact is really important in this when the family is extremely gossipy, which 
psychologically abusive families, it's their regular speak. Gossip is the language they speak. And no contact is talked about so much because how can you be healthy in this type of environment that is psychologically poisoning you, betraying you, and trashing you all the time? Nothing is sacred. Stories about you will be made up. I set a boundary on my mom once and she went around and told everyone that I was a monster. She didn't know what got into me, that I was mentally ill. Uh, That's interesting that setting a boundary would somehow make me mentally ill, but this is what they do. They actually make stories up. They also want to hold you and freeze you in your worst moments. And they, they refuse to tell a story about you that is outside of those moments. So they hold on to a version of you that you no longer are. So a how-to for you is to let yourself be frozen in their minds at that time. It doesn't matter. That's them. I know it doesn't feel good, but in the big picture, it actually doesn't matter. So something not mattering and something feeling good are very different. What matters is what you're doing with your life today. What matters is how you're handling yourself today. What matters is that you're moving beyond these people, you know, cutting the rope to the gossip and letting go, put silent on that block delete, mute, remove. That is your right because you need to trust your gut instincts. You need to get away from this family that's tricking you all the time, making you feel so insecure that you leave these relationships with no trust. You don't want to tell anybody anything about you because all that's done to you is set you up to be destroyed. It feels dangerous and it doesn't feel good. So when you cut ties and you take some time to truly heal, and you, you reorient with the worthy person that you are, and you recognize that gossip is lies. So everything you've been told about yourself from your earliest ages has been lies. It's not real. That isn't a marker of your worth. That's a marker of someone else's lie. So look at it that way. Look at the child self and take care of that child self with your own trust, your honesty, and step into your worth set boundaries, say no, and stop taking shit. This is when things in your life will start to manifest for you in the most powerful ways. If we allow gossip to just continue to pull us down, we are allowing ourselves to be fooled by the foolish. We are buying into a pathological liar, a person who has no good in them and doesn't have any good intentions for you. You have to unhook if you love yourself. And then when you unhook, You have to learn how to be in relationships slowly. Open up to people slowly. Put yourself into a quiet space. Walk gently as if you're walking on a bunch of twigs. You should not be telling people deep things about yourself until you have established trust. Trust is developed over time. Trust should be earned. We come out of these family systems so desperate for love that we often just Barf all of our stuff out to these people that we are, you know, in the beginning of a relationship with that we really don't know very well. And then soon enough, we are repeating our pattern of having every vulnerability of ours used against us. So trust is developed over time. You can develop trust. There are trustworthy people out there. You have to, again, set your boundaries, say no, and stop taking shit. And that is exactly when your life will change in a more positive direction and into the life that you deserve. And that, my friends, is our share session for the day. And I hope you can use that well. And until we come back in the next couple of weeks, be well and take care of you. And this, one last note, is a free bonus session. 
So for those of you who are not subscribed to my podcast, there's a a small $5 fee. I don't use commercials. I give you 20 minutes of direct insight, 20 to 30 minutes, and this is free. So I do update bi-weekly if you are subscribed. If you listen to a bonus session like this, I only do bonus free sessions once a quarter, and they're to give you a taste of what this podcast is like. I got a review that said I don't update bi-weekly, so that person was confused about my podcast. There are free bonus sessions. I'm going to do a little more of those as we go along, but to those of you that are subscribed, thank you for subscribing. Thank you for the reviews, and you know, if you need more examples or you need more than the 20 to 30 minutes that gives you then I suggest highly reading my books, but it's your family and adult survivors of toxic family members. There's a million examples in there. And I also highly suggest that you follow me on social media and you listen to my Thankful Thursday Sherpy videos. All of that is for free. And again, thanks for being in my community. I love and adore you all. And in the next couple of weeks, be well, take care of you. Well, Bravehearts, that concludes our amazing Sherpy session for the day. Please sign up on my email list at drsherrycampbell.com so that you can be in touch with me and see what's going on in terms of what I'm offering soon, what books are coming out, etc. Talk to you in a couple of weeks.